What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years, and not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. Welcome to Forward Thinking. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to Forward Thinking, the podcast that looks at the future and says, I said, Dr. Mr. MD, can you tell me what's ailing me? I'm Jonathan Strickland. I'm Lauren Bogobon. And I'm Joe McCormick. And for the second time this week, we're going to be touching on an aviation-related theme. Yeah, we apparently yep. have airplanes on the brain. Yeah, so... Have, have y'all been on an airplane lately? Uh... Yeah, actually, not long ago. Yeah. Uh, in May, yeah. I mean, May. For me, it was earlier this month. Where did you fly? Outer Banks. Well, technically, I flew into Norfolk, Virginia, and then we rented a car and went to the Outer Banks. Nice. Yeah. Sunny, sunny Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. How about, about you, Joe? I haven't been on a plane since last year. I'm just wondering, was there anything remarkably different in your experience of flying as far as the actual like technology of flight was concerned when you went on that flight compared to the one before it? 
Uh, nope. Nope, not at all. Yeah, not for me either. I mean, the most remarkable thing was that Delta had once again updated their safety video, which now includes oh, internet yeah. memes. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. No, I, actually, I, I really like, I'm very fond of the kind of cheesy Delta uh, safety videos. I, I'm... I really like them. They started with the the flight attendant who uh, would would wag her finger. Creepy lady. Yeah. Yeah. No smoking. Fabulous Um, creepy lady. Right. So they (laughs) so she kind of started it off and then they sort of took that ball and ran with it and sort of took a inspiration from some of the commercials out there that have been very silly. The reason why I even asked this, you know, I've gotten off on this weird tangent is that I wanted to talk about a recent news item about the possibility that aviation could see some rapid changes in technology and and uh, uh, engineering due to a project at NASA. Huh. Yeah. Now, we've talked about the possibilities in the future of aviation on the podcast before. But, yeah, today we wanted to talk about a specific call for R&D. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we have talked also about NASA having some pretty, you know, far out there R&D branches already. There's, of course, Eagle Works. Right, which is associated with the M-Drive, which we discussed in our episode. I think it was probably called the M-Drive or probably. something. I had the word M-Drive in there. You can look it up. Yeah, they're, they're Google, all about... Google's great. Yeah, they're all about long-shot uh, propulsion physics ideas that probably won't work, but if they do work, it would be awesome. Yeah. And and it's they're specifically put together to say, hey, you know, let's go on the fringe for this stuff, because if it works, it's the benefits are outstanding. And if it doesn't, well, then maybe we'll learn stuff in the process. It's kind of like playing the lottery. You're not likely to win. But if you do. Awesome. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I assume that's the way you were thinking of and ending either way, uh, And do, either way, you it's might learn, horrible. Oh, and either way, you might learn something about math in the process. Yes, you, sure. You there would, you go. You would, you would, I hope, learn something about math. Yeah. So the one we're going to talk about now is is a uh, project called the Convergent Aeronautics Solutions Project, or CAS. Ah, uh, right, because EagleWorks is certainly not the only branch of NASA that does research and development. Yeah, and it's not even the only one that does, you know, pretty far out there ideas. NASA has several areas, uh, several several divisions or projects that are all about uh, inspiring and welcoming some revolutionary approaches to technology to really advance aeronautics. Yeah, we often forget what that first A in NASA stands for. We tend to think of NASA as the space organization. Right. And it you know, space is probably cooler than airplanes, so it's easier to remember. But, yeah, they deal with aeronautics. Yeah. So CAS, that, that Convergent Aeronautics Solutions Project I just mentioned, is itself a branch of the Transformative Aeronautics Concepts Program, or TACP. Uh, within NASA, yes. Yes. So the TACP, is it, its purpose is to cultivate multidisciplinary revolutionary concepts to enable aviation transformation. That's straight from uh, their webpage over at NASA. And in other words, it's all about experimentation and rapid development of technologies that could advance our aeronautics technology. Uh, now, the TACP is itself a branch of NASA's Aeronautics Research Mission Directorate, or ARMED. 
<laughs> but uh, not dangerous. But not well, dangerous. Maybe well, they are. I guess, you know, you know, aeronautics. I guess there's an element of danger that comes with the territory. <laughs> uh, the, this directorate uh, recognizes the impacts that aviation has on the economy and, and infrastructure of our nation and aims to develop ever more efficient aviation technology, you know, like cheaper, better, stronger, faster, more green. Isn't that a Daft Punk thing? Cheaper, better, stronger, faster? More no, green? I think I'm, I think must be thinking of a different song. It was just a joke. Better, faster, stronger. Never mind. I understand. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to proceed. Oh, I see. I see. You're allowed to trail <laughs> off, but I can't do it. <laughs> so there are three programs encompassed by the TACP. That's uh, CAS, which we're talking yep. about today, along with uh, Transformational Tools and Technologies, or TTT, which is a software development program, mm-hmm. and Leading Edge Aero Research for NASA, or LEARN, which is a program that awards grants to external universities and labs for aeronautics research. We will talk more about those later. Yeah, so- just to give a kind of wrap up to the whole, like, what is this whole section of NASA all about? Mm-hmm. Okay, but what's the deal with CAS? Well, they're dedicated to conducting short duration activities to establish early stage concepts and technology feasibility for high potential solutions. Those are not my words. Those are NASA's words. That sounds like a mission statement. What yeah. does that actually mean? Well, it's <laughs> it's all about this idea of let's let's try and invest in projects that have the potential to advance aeronautics dramatically um even if we aren't completely convinced that they will succeed uh right it's asking it's taking projects from within nasa yep. carried out by nasa employees that are these weird experimental uh high risk high reward kind of things Right. And so they, the teams at CAS, whenever they're working on a project, uh, they're specifically supposed to conduct experiments. They're supposed to learn from their failures. And it's supposed to be an environment where you can take these, these risks not knowing if it's going to succeed or fail. And there's not repercussions if you do fail. You're just expected to learn from those failures. And hopefully, you would you would be able to learn ways of carrying out the experiment successfully. But if it turns out it, there is no way of succeeding, you're still going to learn in the process. Uh, you're also supposed to continue conducting those experiments, and you repeat this until you reach the end of the research cycle, which may be two to two and a half years. And at that point, uh, the team's performance and work is reviewed to determine if the solutions that were developed by the team actually address the issue and meet the pre-established goals for that project, whatever they might be. Uh, now, they have to be – they don't – it's not that they have to work, just that they have to work. They do, but beyond having to work, they have to be feasible ideas. Mm-hmm. So in other words – Like real world feasible, yeah. not like – Not like theoretically. Right. right. Right, where you're like, oh. Not like laboratory feasible. Exactly. Yeah. It can't be something where in the lab, if we pour in four cities worth of electricity into this thing, then we can get it to float an inch off the ground. That's not a success. Even if you achieve, if we it, open a black hole inside the engine, then, yeah. <laughs> then it goes yeah. really far. Yeah, Yay. yeah. yeah. Uh, we go to a totally different place. Uh, no, that that would not. All, that would also not be considered a success. Uh, that would be catastrophic. So the promising solutions, the ones that NASA feels, that, you know, the various people who are reviewing these projects, the ones that they feel are. Uh, feasible and and beneficial would then be pursued by moving that project over to a different arm of NASA 
uh, or a direct transfer of knowledge to the aviation community to say, hey, we did this experiment where we designed a an aircraft wing in this way and found that it generates much more lift in this manner. We're giving that information out to everybody so that everyone can benefit from it. That's the idea behind it. So um, it's also very similar to what we've said on Forward Thinking many, many times, the idea that it's all right uh, if you pursue a line of research and you ultimately find that it's not viable because you learn that you, it's not you viable. You learn that it's not viable and right. you maybe even learn why and can right. apply that to future projects, which might become feasible. Yeah, it's it's impossible to anticipate everything that you will learn whenever you are pursuing any given line of research, right? You might learn something that is not germane to the specific goal that you have been assigned but could be very interesting for other applications. So there, there's real value to research. And that's something that NASA is really promoting within the organization itself. And it's something that we on Forward Thinking have promoted quite a few times. So specifically, we wanted to talk about, there was an article, several articles actually, it was reported all over uh, the science news f- sphere that uh, the CAS project was entertaining six Wild aviation ideas. Well, <laughs> first of all, each team there there were several things so that had to be. It was be laid a competition. Out. It yeah. was a competition. It was actually uh, uh they were inviting people to pitch ideas to the CAS project. So they were like, bring us your weirdest ideas for how to make airplanes much better. Kind of. They had a little bit more of a guideline than that, but though not by a whole lot. They uh they told each team they would have to explain their idea and approach and uh, the, what they were going to do. They would have to justify it to a panel made up of NASA managers. So it almost comes across like one of those shows like Shark Tank where the team – Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, an entrepreneur has to <laughs> has to present their business model and try and defend it uh, from experts who yeah. are either enchanted by it or just – you know, they're perplexed. They don't know what, or or they just aren't impressed at all. Yeah, I mean, we should make airplanes that mod- they double as food trucks. Yeah, that would <laughs> that would probably uh, not make it through to the next round. Um, so the, they pay for themselves. <laughs> yeah, I think they've already learned that lesson from the way that airlines are handling food now. Every team had to have a membership made up of experts from multiple disciplines and have members from more than one NASA Aeronautics Center. There are three or four of those, as I recall. Uh, and the teams had to come up with an answer, a potential answer to one of two big questions. Their, their study uh, that they want to conduct is supposed to address one of two big ones. Uh, the first big question, and, and it's an or, an either or, not a they have to answer both questions. Um, so the first one was, can we demonstrate an aviation system with maximum efficiency and minimal environmental impact, uh, which can be interpreted in many different ways. And in fact, we'll see from some of the selected projects how those interpretations were made. Uh, the second one was demonstrate the feasibility for urgent medical transportation from the wilderness of Alaska to the Mayo Clinic without human interaction. <laughs> That's a very different kind of requirement. Right. And and they specifically said, like, yes, the way we framed this was so that you would have specific parameters to work within to design your approach. But 
the solution would be applicable across the world in all sorts of different scenarios. They just specifically framed oh, right, it in this right. way. Right. Just, just to give you something to work towards yeah. was the idea. Not that we're planning on having a lot of medical disasters yeah. in Alaska that need to go to Mayo Clinic. No, sure. It, it seems kind of like the DARPA robotics challenge, right? right. It's, a, it's a specific scenario, but it's designed so that you can test what can be done and applied to many scenarios. It's very apt. Yes, that's exactly right. So... Out of the 17 te- teams that pitched ideas, uh, six were selected for study. They would be the wild and or crazy ideas we have mentioned before. And the study cycle will last between two and two and a half years, depending upon the individual studies. And here are the six. Okay, the first one. Yeah. There's a problem with electric vehicles. Yeah. They got batteries. Right. And batteries, those batteries are terrible. They're gigantic. They're big. They take up a lot of space and they, they they're contribute heavy. weight. Yeah. Yeah. Aircraft, by the way, weight, not something you want to add to an aircraft if you can help it because then you need more energy to keep the aircraft aloft. And if you're using more energy, then it's not so green now, is it? Or maybe you have decreased the amount of time it can spend in the air and perhaps it's not a practical solution. We've talked about this. Or you need a bigger battery, which makes you need to use more energy, which means you need a bigger battery, which. Yeah. So we, when we talked about the, the solar powered aircraft and how it's, it's designed, um, the one that's slowly making its way around the world. It, uh, you know. That was the solar impulse two. Yeah. Solar impulse two. It, it, their design was uh, such that they were trying to maximize the effectiveness of batteries while minimizing their weight. Because obviously, if you're using electricity to propel your, your aircraft, um, you want to cut back on that weight as much as you can. So how can you do that? Well, the, the first one we're ta- talking about is the Multifunctional Structures with Energy Storage Project, which is pretty catchy. <laughs> and they're actually looking at making batteries – so that the batteries themselves form the shape of the vehicle. The, they're, the they're, fuselage. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're the – that's the casing. It's the, the actual material that the it's aircraft is made tube. of. Yeah. So basically the plane is the battery. Right. The so actual, instead of having to have all this like structural material there and then put a battery in it, you just have the structure of the plane be a battery. Right. The walls of the structure are are batteries. They're not – the batteries aren't added to an already existing infrastructure. They are the infrastructure, uh, which is really a cool idea. It's not unique to the uh, aeronautics industry. In fact, the automotive industry has been looking at this where – Yeah, I've read about battery designs for electric vehicles that would work this way. Yeah, they would be incorporated in the, the roof of the car or the walls of the car mm-hmm. uh, so that you know you don't have this large space. It also adds – the carrying capacity, you know, to the vehicle where you can, you can use the space that would have been, you know, filled up with batteries to hold other stuff. Now, I remember one problem that went along with this when I was reading about it in cars was that it, it sort of made it a problem if you have a collision. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I would, I would, I would imagine that would be a difficult point of, of when the body of the thing can catch directly on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Usually the body of vehicles is made specifically to not catch on fire. But batteries are pretty notoriously flammable. Yeah, yeah it's, it seems like it would also be a problem just that it, you would hurt the reusability of the car and its recoverability from even a small accident. If just like damaging, you know, one of the sides of the car or something mm-hmm. actually damaged the power source. Yeah, you would probably have to have it replaced. It would make it 
It would make uh, the maintenance or at least the repairs uh, much more expensive, potentially anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure those will be some of the things that the study will have to look at to to measure that risk versus payoff. Like, sure, yeah, does it yeah. make sense? Does it? That's part of the real world challenge, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and it's an interesting question. Other teams are also looking at how uh, uh, the, the batteries and motors of of these systems can be improved. Yeah, the high voltage hybrid electric propulsion system is, is one of those. This is number two. This is number two, and uh, they are looking at two different things. Uh, one is they were looking at a way of cutting back on that expense of if you're power transmission system is damaged how can you uh how can you address that so they're looking at self-healing materials this, for their high voltage system this is so delightful to me uh it's the kind of stuff that, that the insulation of their electrical systems would be made of stuff if they can find such stuff that uh that upon receiving damage would be prompted to like 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 the the, the damage that it receives in the form of of physical or or electric uh, punch would cause it to heal over that damage. Yeah, essentially the electricity passing through uh, this, the chemicals that are bonded to that insulation would prompt it to to expand and close those wounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the cool thing about this is that it would really cut back on maintenance costs. It would also allow the aircraft to automatically address any sort of uh, emergency situation that involved the damage to the power system without requiring an emergency landing. It would do it all automatically. And there's no like there's no switch to throw or anything. It's because of the chemical. It's material science, mm-hmm. right? It's chemistry and material science that uh, that allow this to happen. At least that's what they're hoping to to study and and develop. Keep in mind, these are all proposals. This is not stuff that necessarily exists right now. And this is not a proof of concept. Yeah. So uh, the second part of their approach is that uh, they want to uh, in- explore ways to make the electric system practical for aircraft. Uh, so they want to make electrical systems that will have a reasonable size and weight, very similar to the battery issue, not just batteries, but the electric motors, uh, all the all the infrastructure that would come with an electrical power system uh, in order to make it feasible. And they want to explore options in high voltage variable frequency drives. And VFDs are sort of control systems for engines. They can really save energy by changing an engine's speed and and torque as needed, kind of on the fly. Oh, literally on the fly in this case, because (laughs) airplanes. Uh, Sorry. uh, Anyway. uh, Never apologize for a pun. (laughs) Embrace them. Oh no, I oh no, I don't like embracing them. They're all sticky. It's the dark side. Um VFDs are currently used in industrial manufacturing and ships, but but they're these big old clunky mechanical things controlled by big old clunky computers and so they're they're not as of yet practical for airplanes. So right. I'm excited to see what this project uh winds up looking at. Yeah, that that should also be interesting. And remember all of these have the potential to revolutionize uh, aeronautics in some way or another, right? That's the whole reason why they were selected. Uh, Number three is Mission Adaptive Digital Composite Aerostructure Technologies. And this is one of the ones that I'm really excited about. It's a material science one and super cool stuff. So one, this is another kind of two-parter. They want to combine two different lines of research into a new approach in, in aeronautics. One of those 
is a material science in the form of composite materials. Mm-hmm. And now composite materials can be incredibly light and incredibly strong. We have talked about composite composite materials on this show before. Yeah, for example, if you wanted to create uh, an actually feasible flying car, one of the things we've talked about is that you might be able to redesign the car's structure with lightweight composite materials so that it might be edging closer to reasonability that this could take off and land with some kind of electric motor. Right, because you're lowering the weight, but you're not compromising the str- the strength of the structure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the second line of research that they want to combine with that first one is uh, looking at materials that would be capable of changing their shape to uh, adapt to flight conditions. So this would be like, and there have been, aircraft that can do this where they can they have wings that can change shape during flight in order to give um, different uh, effects like to increase or reduce drag this is in large part to re- re- uh, reduce the need for things like flaps on an aircraft so it actually can reduce weight it can reduce complexity of the aircraft mm, fewer little mechanical bits to get broken yeah so if you could get, do both if you could create a composite material that also had this shape-changing uh, adaptation technology built into it, then you could have an aircraft that is able to be very effective and much greener because it's it's lighter, so it doesn't need uh, as much power to to remain aloft, whether that's electric or fuel or whatever. Uh, and uh, it has fewer parts, so it doesn't have to. It doesn't need as much maintenance. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so those are all of the kind of hardware studies that are going on. Yeah. The 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 last three are more on the software end. Right. So the first one is the autonomy operating system for UAVs, and we've seen autonomous UAVs. They're pretty nifty, you know, ones that can follow simple instructions. A lot of UAVs are under direct human control. It's a remote control, but some are autonomously operated. But in general, UAVs are not great at uh, reacting to changing dynamic situations. I know I'm being redundant there, but still, they're not being they're not able to react the way a human pilot can. Sure. Well, I mean, this is the reason we don't just have autonomous airplanes, pretty much. Yeah. Right. I mean, we have autopilot that works just fine. But you want a human pilot there who can react if something goes wrong. Right. Right. So, you know, if you command a, a UAV to travel from point A to point B and it has a pre-programmed flight path, and everything is is fine, then as long as everything's working properly on the UAV, you have a reasonable expectation that it's going to arrive at point B. Again, also assuming that it has enough energy to get there. You know, all those assumptions aside, it should get to its destination. But if conditions change, the UAV may not be able to detect it, or if it can detect it, it may not be able to react to it. So something uh, like weather. Right. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. If there's a thunderstorm that yeah. was unexpected in the area and the UAV needs to change course. Yeah, exactly. Or that there uh, is... What if a monkey jumps out of the top of a tree right after it takes off, grabs hold of the UAV, and then is holding on? That's uh, could happen. Uh, what if... <laughs> what if... <laughs> What if the UAV, what if a flock of birds flies in the UAV's path? I mean, there are lots of different situations that could potentially happen. What if a I've, flock of monkeys flies in the UAV? You know, path? actually, what if, what if the band flock of seagulls is playing <laughs> while the UAV I think runs, a, runs so far away? I think a flock of birds is what happened to that, uh, that aircraft that had to land in the Hudson River yes, after taking off it, with, that uh, is what Captain Sully, right? Yeah. 
That is what happened. So, uh, and there was a case where you really needed a human pilot who knew what to do when something went wrong. Yeah, everyone lauded the pilot's efforts to to land the plane uh, or to to crash land the plane safely. Um, same sort of thing here. The UAVs generally lack the ability to make these kind of assessments and and change plans uh, spontaneously. They're very good at following specific instructions and and following a, a simple series of steps. Cuz they're robots. Yeah, cuz they're robots. That's what that's what robots do, but creating an AI that allows them the ability to to change in changing conditions is something that this project would specifically be exploring. So, they'd be looking into uh recent developments of AI and seeing how to apply them so that a UAV would be able to do an emergency medical lift from Alaska and fly it to the Mayo Clinic, even if conditions are not stable between the two. So that's that's pretty cool. Uh, the next one is Learn to Fly. Now, this study is uh, all about looking into the possibility of getting rid of that pesky testing phase that we have with aircraft. Um <laughs> It's, this may be more of an industry problem. This, yeah, this one, this one is a little, this one is a little weird for me to think of because I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, I understand the, the concept. The concept being, we know a lot about aeronautics. We've got a lot of experience in it. We have very sophisticated computer models that can simulate conditions. Uh, that all goes into the process when anyone is designing anything new with aeronautics testing anything out. There's always computer simulation that precedes any uh, prototyping. Oh, sure. It's a lot cheaper to to simulate building a giant metal thing than right. it is to actually do it and go like, will this fly? Let's just take it. Yeah. Let's just throw it off a cliff and find out. Yeah, especially mm. if uh, if you find out that it does not fly. <laughs> it's much cheaper <laughs> to do that in a computer than to find out in real life. Yes. So the Learn to Fly program is a study to look into, do we know enough at this point? Where if we create a design, we can run it through computer simulations to test that design thoroughly enough so that we can go straight from design to building the whatever that change in aeronautics happens to be and implementing it directly and skipping that that ground test period where you would typically build a, a test vehicle and then do several test flights to make sure everything was working. The the question is, can we skip that step at this point? Do we know enough to be able to skip that step? That's what that study is specifically going to look at. And if that is true, if we can do that, it means that we can move into an era where there's much more rapid prototyping and development, where the things that we are designing can be incorporated uh, without that long period of testing. Uh, but that's what the study is going to look at. Is that actually reality could that mm. really be a Are safe we at that point choice? yet or do we just need to go poke stuff Yeah yeah exactly and uh which is it's it's good to hold a study to figure that out rather <laughs> than just say hey guys let's try something Now <laughs> the final one is kind of interesting too it's called yeah. digital twin I liked this idea I thought this was interesting so the idea here is that they would study the feasibility of building a virtual model of an airplane, of a yes. real existing airplane a that would be aircraft, its yeah. twin mm -hmm. throughout its life. Yep. And then every and time anything happens to the real airplane, you update the the virtual airplane to match it. And, yeah. And you also can see the effects of aging because the, the virtual airplane will age the same way the actual one does. 
I assume you could even accelerate the aging just to see at what point is this one particular component going to need to be replaced. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, I think that's a really interesting and smart idea because I've often wondered this, like, okay, we have a lot of fairly old airplanes out there that are still in operation. They seem to be doing fine, but... How long until they're not doing fine? Right. And how are we going to know? Yeah. yeah. I, do, do we have to wait for something to break in order to or, or is it like is it? I, I'm sure that there's systems out there, you know, like my car where they go, you know, well, it's 100,000 miles. You should really take it in for a transmission job. Something like that. Ladies but, and gentlemen, uh, I have just been informed that the check engine light has come on the <laughs> control panel. So and, we're going uh, to have air traffic control come out and check that. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's true. We do, first of all, aircraft have lots of different, uh, notification systems on them to let you know if something's not working, but sometimes those fail. There are also regular maintenance checks, obviously, of aircraft, but this would be a way of getting a heads up before something becomes a problem where it needs to be repaired. Like you could say, all right, according to the model, these five components of this aircraft are going to need to be replaced next month. Let's do it now mm-hmm. before anything gets to a point where it gets critical. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I love this idea. I'm actually vaguely surprised that, that it's not already in operation. Yeah. I also just, I really want them to call it the the picture of Dorian Gray project. <laughs> yeah, right. as, long, as long as this graphics file exists, <laughs> this plane will not deteriorate in any way. <laughs> but the plane in the graphics file gets more and more decrepit as time goes on. <laughs> Look at the long gray beard on this plane. Uh, that'd be weird. Uh, what not- kind of airplane would Oscar Wilde create? <laughs> it would be a fabulous, a fabulous one. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, we're on the same page on that one. All right, so that, those are the six ideas. Now, we don't have a whole lot more information because these I, these projects have just gotten the, the green lights. So they're going to start uh, seriously looking into the stuff. They get some funding. Uh, the funding depends upon the project. I think it's between $1 and $5 million a year or something like that, mm-hmm. which yeah, is yeah. a significant amount. Yeah, uh, the projects are going to last between two and two and a half years. Mm-hmm. They were just announced uh, yesterday as of the recording of this podcast on June 22nd of 2015. Right. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what news develops. Right. And, and to talk about those other two parts oh, right. yeah. of TACP, just to close this out, uh, Lauren mentioned the transformational tool and Technology, or TTT. That's all about advancing computational and experimental tools used by NASA in aviation applications. Uh, so they look into developing advances in technology that will help analyze, understand, and predict performance in various aviation concepts. So the cool thing about this is TTT is innovating in a way to make the tools to help judge how effective the other stuff being developed by the various branches of TACP, you know, how effective are those? And so it's, it's, uh, you know, sometimes you, you have to actually develop new tools to measure things to make sure that whatever the, uh, the hoped for effect is, is actually being achieved. So that's pretty cool. It's all about developing those ideas that make other ideas, uh, you know, we, we can judge whether or not they're really working. And then the leading edge arrow research for NASA or LEARN, is all about looking to creating totally new next generation capabilities in aeronautics research. So again, kind of uh, looking for the next huge leap. Uh, keeping in mind that usually advances in engineering come in lots of little steps, right? We get, we learn things, we implement them, we make incremental improvements to the stuff that we build. 
we don't typically have enormous jumps, although that those are very popular stories. Everyone loves the story of someone who comes up with a brand new innovative idea that makes a huge difference. We just have to remember that's the exception, not the rule. The rule is we tend to make gradual improvements over time, which is fine. Um, and nothing should be taken away from the thousands of people who have contributed to those small increments. Those are things that have had a, a measurable impact. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, and, and that's why, yeah, it's it's really nice that, that NASA helps support independent universities mm-hmm. and research teams that are working on that kind of thing. Right. Those are the ones that specifically are participating in the LEARN project. So, yeah, really exciting stuff. Uh, I can't wait to find out in two to two and a half years which of these studies <laughs> are going to contribute to real changes in aviation. Again, we may end up in the process learning things that were never anticipated at the beginning of these projects. So it's uh, hard like to if, say. If you make a virtual twin of an aircraft, apparently it's always an evil twin. Yes, you know, all of them have goatees, yeah. which then develop into the long beards we've already discussed. Uh, or possibly we learned that the digital twin feels all the pain that the <laughs> original airplane feels. Yeah. Who knows? There's all these sort of things that we could learn and, and, and fun knowledge that will be handy in pub trivia in years to come. So, uh, <laughs> this was a, this was a blast to cover. If you guys have suggestions for future topics, that we can cover on this podcast or in the video series, I welcome you to write to us and let us know what your ideas are. Our email address is fwthinking at howstuffworks.com or drop us a line on Twitter, Facebook, or Google+. At Twitter and Google+, we are fwthinking. On Facebook, just search fwthinking in the search bar. We'll pop right up. You can leave us a message there. We read all of them and you'll hear from us again really soon. For more on this topic and the future of technology, visit forwardthinking.com. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% 
10% off today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.